Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Flagon 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Horton, joined as always by Michael the Chat Betty Chapman. What's up, what's up? And Lukey Lucas Pookus Pookie Poo Glidewell. What's good, what's good? And today we got a very special guest, the GOAT, the best drinker in, I believe, the state of Massachusetts, if not the country, Derek the GOAT Michael. Two words, Jason Tatum. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Alright, so first things first, chap, you got some shit talking to do, so let's Dude, go ahead. Listen, this isn't my battle, but th- we're in this Facebook group, we've talked about it, the overstated Facebook group. Go join if you haven't. Steve Sabatini, Sabaloni, Slabaloni, whatever, thinks he can outdrink my boy Derek Michael. And I, I just, I, I don't buy it. Derek, I'll, I'll let you pick this up. I'm I'm mad at this point. I could honestly, I could just go on this crazy, descriptive, well-articulated, and deeply thought-out rant, but Sabawini is just, you know, he, he, he thinks he's on my level. He just doesn't have the appeal to get the number of views <laughs> that I do. I think he's jealous. And uh, he did a couple shots of apple juice claiming it was whiskey. And that's why, you know, I poured mine out of the bottle straight and did two bigger ones. And um, I think I win. Uh, case closed. <laughs> yep. I am 100% with you. Apple teeny gate. It's a real apple thing. Apple teeny gate. I'm going to give him a chance to respond to this episode of the pod. And... See what happens after that. I, he probably won't, and then I'm just gonna he call won't. it. I'm just gonna say it's done. We have a winner, ladies and gentlemen, the reigning yeah. champ, Steve. If you if you really want this smoke, come on the draft party of it tomorrow night and show Derek what you're made of. That's all I've got to say. Don't do it, Steve. It's really not a good idea for you. <laughs> you got kids, Steve. Yeah, he's got yeah, kids. Think of your children. <laughs> Derek can die of alcohol poisoning. It's all right. Any of us can, honestly. But Steve, think of the kids. God. All right. This took a turn. The, yeah, this took a turn. This one will... Uh, I've been saying this for days. Yeah, I know. I know. You've been ready. You've been prepped. Um, we're just going to, I think, go through the trades that have happened so far um, in the NBA offseason. Derek, we want to get your thoughts on those. Um, Steve's Bucks have made a couple of big moves. And then um, after that, we're going to do a mock draft. I have prepared a little bit. I think Luke's prepared a little bit. Seth has not prepared. Derek has not prepared. And it's just going to be a ton of fun. And I it's going to be It's going to be a shit show for sure. Um, but gonna, Watch it be perfectly right. Ooh. Oh. I'm I, I'm betting we get every pick and we don't miss one. Oh my yes. god! So are we picking for like what we think is going to happen, or are we picking like what we would do? Um, I don't I don't care. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Both of them. Okay. <laughs> All right. Before Watch we get here. 
Absolutely. This was your idea, Chad. <laughs> don't, don't, don't put this decision-making bullshit on me. <laughs> All right. Before we get to any of that, we got some trades to look at. It's actually been a really fun couple of days of free agency and trade talk and all that. I love how you say a couple of days like it hasn't been exactly one day. <laughs> Listen, man. We got we got this Lakers news a couple of days ago. Um, first trade is the Lakers traded uh, for Dennis Schroeder. They traded Danny Green and picked number 28. Derek, what are your thoughts? Your rivals. So I, I have to be so... Are we, are, is swearing allowed? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Flagrant um, three, man. I have to be so fucking honest with you. <laughs> my job, I'm working like new job. It's going fantastic. So I've been in a hole for like a, a week, literally. Uh, and at nights, I've had a couple dates. It's been going well. You're telling me that the, cool. the Lakers got Dennis Schroeder for can't hit a three Danny Green <laughs> and the 28th pick? Yes. Yeah. That is fucking bullshit. <laughs> wow. Congrats, Lakers fans. You won that trade. Yeah. This sucks. Okay. Yeah, I I That's hate my... it. What what value does the 28th pick have? I think at this point Sam Presti's just trying to break a record for most first rounders. And he was like, 28th? Technically a first. He's got him. I hope they draft the next, like, Giannis at 28. <laughs> yes! God, I just want to be able to make fun of the Lakers for something. <laughs> hey, LA does not have 17 chips, my guy. Don't worry. Yeah, was it like 12? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. George Mikan don't count. George Mikan don't count. Um, I don't know. I, I re- it's a great move for the Lakers. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Dennis Schroeder's a clear upgrade. Uh, he's an actual... Close to starting caliber point guard, mm-hmm. if not starting caliber point guard, like that's that's exactly what they needed. Yeah, especially since Rondo's leaving. Mm-hmm. Rondo might be coming to my Clippers, which I would love. Rumors he could even go back to y'all Celtics. Um, yeah, that would be nice. I would not be upset. Yeah, I think that would actually Rondo. be a good like what fifth act at this point for Rondo. <laughs> um, coming home, go back to the seas, maybe win another chip there. I think that would be good. Good for good for relations with him and the 08 guys, too. Things have been a little dicey. Yeah. Everything's dicey with the 08 Celtics. <laughs> nah. Winners. <laughs> Winners. Best team of all time. Uh, easily. I don't know. 60, 60 Celtics. Yeah, I know. But close. Yeah. 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 I, I like the 86 Celtics personally as the best Celtics team, but that's the that's the Bill Simmons in me, I think. I think they're all tied for number one. <laughs> Every year they've ever played. Yep. <laughs> all right. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this trade. Uh, the Nets traded for Bruce Brown. They gave like a second rounder and some dude I've never heard of. Molly Hunter's mad about it. That's all I know. I think they're just clearing... The Nets are clearing the way for a hardened trade. That's a building block, I think. I, th- I think you're probably right. Who the fuck is Bruce Brown? <laughs> <laughs> he, he's averaged like 12 for the Nets the last couple of years. and so, Or, I mean, the, the Pistons the last couple of years. So everyone in Detroit oh, loves him. I yeah. I, <laughs> if you're on the Pistons, you're not three I'm, of the I'm starting in, five. I don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> 
I'm in on Bruce Brown, 6'4", 202 pounds, uh, born in Boston, Massachusetts. Hey. Good, hey. good pickup. Um, yeah, good pickup for, for them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that'll be that'll be depth, um, especially if they do get hardened because they're gonna have to trade so many pieces mm-hmm. um to to do that trade. And so that he'll he will probably be the sixth man at that point. He's probably the eighth, ninth man right now, but he'll be the sixth man if they get hardened and then it's the most dysfunctional team to ever make the finals at that point. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. If they make it. Alright. This one I've been wanting to get to this one. I don't like this trade off the bat. All right. First, shut the hell up. <laughs> Second, let me say the trade. So the Suns picked up CP3 from the Thunder. They uh, they picked up Chris Paul and Abdul Nader for Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, and Jalen Lacroix. And a 2022 20, 20, 20, 20. first-round pick. I like the 2022 20, first-round pick. Wait, who do you, who do you not like this trade for? I don't like it for I don't like it for the Suns. I feel like okay. you're giving too much away for Chris Paul. I I agree. You have to make the salary match though, which I understand. Yeah, it's it's an interesting situation because they have to re-sign Booker. Uh, I mean, that's it's like the miniature version of the Bucks have to re-sign Giannis. Um and I don't think they would be able to if they don't make the playoffs next year. They have to get a star to make the playoffs next mm-hmm. year. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, look at what Chris Paul did in OKC. And then think about, in my opinion at least, getting CP3 to Phoenix really unlocks Devin Booker to play off ball like he's wanted to since he got to the NBA. And it also... That's a whole a Chris Paul DeAndre Ayton pick and roll game, is like, like it reminds me of Lob City a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm happy about it. I like it. <clears throat> Derek. Okay, so, um, a few things. First off, shout out to Daniel J. Henniskin. I think uh, the the consummate Suns fan are. Facebook group, overstated uh, NBA group. Just want to give a shout out to them because they're a bunch of awesome guys. And uh, let's make that podcast huge. I love those guys, except for Steve. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, he doesn't like this trade. He said to me that it was like if we traded away Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown from the Celtics. And I have a few thoughts on that. One is I don't. No, if I would say that value is the same. Jalen Brown is fucking light years ahead of Kelly Oubre, but I yeah. love Kelly Oubre. Mm-hmm. And I think Marcus Smart, from, even though Rubio is just great on defense, if he's a 6 out of 10 from, or 5.5, 6 out of 10, or 6 out of 10 on value, Smart's a 7 or 7.5, mixed in intangibles. Like he's, yeah. It's just different. But as far as like a building for the future sort of perspective there's two ways to look at this in my opinion one is the suns need to make the fucking playoffs yeah and i thought that they were after that bubble i i was just done i was like they're making it they're like who are you knocking out and i'm like i don't give a shit i'm not answering your question they're going to be in the playoffs like devin booker's not losing Aiden's going to be better when you add cp3 
if you really love Devin Booker as a Suns fan, it at least shows that the front office is listening to you and that you're he's done not making the playoffs. If they make the playoffs this year, everyone knows that any you know you know, anything is possible. You know, as KG once said, so it's like you can get to the second round, you can go up, you can at least show that you're not just sitting at home while the big boys are playing in the real games. So I personally like this move for the Suns, although I understand how people might not be okay with it, but stop freaking building and start winning. Yeah. I, I think I'm with you. They gave up a lot, but they did retain the fifth pick and they did retain Michael Bridges, with it, which I think is huge. Um, yeah. If they can get a guy who fits in their system well with the 10th pick, which I've got that pick in our mock draft later, we'll talk through who I think they should pick um, at that point. But if they can pick up the right guy, then I, I think that the trade probably works out favorably for them. I think an underrated aspect of this trade that um, Sabrina and Allison brought up in the group earlier is the Suns are trading away two of the most handsome men in the NBA. But they're also getting another incredibly handsome player back. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I think that I think that this helps season ticket sales for the for the Thunder a little bit. Um, if nothing else for wait, that how reason. Fair is this? Wait, wait, how fair is this? Are we talking about Ubre? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ubre and Rubio. Yeah. Okay. I get it. <laughs> I, I think that I think people just want to see Ubre. Men and women alike. I think they want to see Ubre on the basketball court. One thing I do like about this trade is it opens up the possibility of having a Dort led team in OKC. And I am here for it. <laughs> He's still the eighth or ninth best player on the team. I cannot I wait to watch Dort just take over games. <laughs> okay. We've exhausted conversation about this trade, I think. Good lord. All right. Can we get the Bucks trade over with? I found that out from Steve's post. Yeah, we can We can go ahead and move up to one of the Bucks trades. They made two yeah. trades. Because um, I'm going to have to say some things that I don't want to, so. Oof. Do we want to, let's talk about both of these concurrently. So, Seth, do you want to break down the details of both of these Bucks trades for us? The Bucks sent Eric Bledsoe and George Hill, along with a shit ton of first round picks for the next 10 years, to Milwaukee in exchange for Drew Holiday and a second rounder, number 60 pick. <laughs> the the, last pick in the, the fact that it's the last pick, like what? What kind of throw-in is that? They're giving away three first-rounders and two pick swaps. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. They were like, we're not doing it if we don't get the 60th pick. <laughs> we got, we, that's a must right It's there. a must. You know, Isaiah Thomas was once the 60th that's pick. That's fair. That's fair. Mr. So, Irrelevant isn't quite the same thing in the NBA. This is the only example. It's him and, like, Ginobili at, like, 56. Yeah. <laughs> sucked fucking ass. Yeah. Usually get random Europeans around the 50s You're right, and, though. and 60. Hey, random Europeans can be super fun to root for, even if they don't play. That's true. Yeah. If they ever th- you come here. You know, Gershon Yabusele. Oh, wait, he was the 60th pick. Europe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I was thinking of Semi Ojale. Sorry. Oh, I'm yeah, Shimmy. <laughs> no, 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 he is. Yeah, okay, my bad. Yeah. For answers. Oh, All man. Right. All right, God, we we we've had some Europeans. Um, 
The Bucks also sent Dante DiVincenzo, Aaron Ilyasova, and DJ Wilson to the Kings for Bogdan Bagdanovich and Justin James. That trade came one day after the Bucks on Facebook posted a minute-long highlight video of DJ Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> it's remarkable. I, I don't know if that was their, their send-off or what that was. There's no loyalty anymore. There never was loyalty. Let's get that straight. Especially if you're DJ Wilson. Yeah. Um, so, right now, the Bucks have six guys on their roster. Mm-hmm. They have their starting five, which is uh, Drew Holiday, Bogdanovich, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Lopez. And then they have Giannis's... What? Sorry, I just fucked my life. That is such a good lineup. It, yeah. it really is. Yeah. Um, and then they have Giannis's little brother, Thanis, coming <laughs> off the bench. He won't be coming off the bench in real life. Basically, they can sign, like, eight vet minimum guys, and then they've got a mid-level exception to fill out the roster. Mm-hmm. Their bench is going to be bad. Real, real bad. But their starting five is eh. maybe the best in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an amazing starting five. The bench isn't going to be great. They could probably scrape a couple pieces together, get a couple of vet minimum guys. Um, the, bench, the bench could be okay. Yeah. It really... I, I think how far they make it really just depends on how they fill out their roster. Who they get with that... Uh, mid-level exception is huge, whether that's... I think that Joe Harris would be a good pickup. I think uh, Jordan Clarkson would be a good pickup. Paul Millsap is a name that's been thrown around. Um, and then I, I don't know who the vet minimum guys would be. Maybe just grab some guys off the Lakers, see if Rondo wants to come over. I'm uh, sure Jeff Green is floating around somewhere. Jeff Green Jeff is Green floating is, around. He's somewhere. <laughs> He'll probably somehow make it. Yeah, I mean, they... There's always been Macklemore. There's always been Macklemore. The Lakers basically did this last year. Yeah. They yeah. had like five or six guys on the roster, and then they were like, we'll scrape some together. Snag a bunch of that minimum guys who can still kind of play. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good trade. I like it. Um, I think it's a good trade for both teams, honestly, because Dante DiVincenzo is pretty solid. And Ursan Ilyasov is a guaranteed 1-3 per game. And DJ Wilson exists, so. Can I um? Can I ramble off some stuff right now? Because this Please. is the thing I kind of wanted to talk about the most. Um. Well, since joining again, overstated NBA group uh, plug shout out Brett. I did that for you, Jacob. Um, not Steve. This <laughs> is a fucking massive W for Milwaukee both ways. I give both trades an A, not an A plus, not an A minus, a fucking A because the first one you get first of all both players that they got and I, I don't know how old Drew Holiday is, and maybe like 31, 32. He's 30. Um, he's 30? Yeah. Yeah. Players are not old and they are the quintessential players in this league that you could plug and play on any team and make them better. Now, for... for Bogdanovich pisses me off more than Drew Holiday, because I love that guy. Steve must be so excited. And to get... Bog, 
Bogdanovich, they sent Dante DiVincenzo, who the only people who liked him were optimistic Bucks fans. Ursan Ilyasova, who's nothing, really. I mean, he's all right, but who, the, who cares? And DJ Wilson, uh, that can speak for itself. Um, they're not bad players, but they got Bogdan Bogdanovich. I am so... As someone who... I don't have anything against Milwaukee, you guys, anyone listening. It's mostly just against a couple key people uh, who are back <laughs> about my Celtics, and I'll never forget them. This was just a landslide victory, and it kills me. Now, for the next one, they got Bogdan Bogdanovich. Every team in the league wants that guy. How the hell did he go to Milwaukee? Now, for the other one, they're getting Drew Holiday for what is it I think uh, a bunch of picks and who did they uh, Eric Bledsoe and George Hill yeah okay Eric Bledsoe is uh, just the most confounding player in the world he can play great he can play like crap yes like is it give me crap he is he's like the million a million times worse than Marcus Smart about being frustrating Marcus Smart is literally better than that freaking guy no matter what he says uh, and and Drew Bledsoe him and George Drew Hill Bledsoe. who's solid I really like George Hill for Drew Holiday who every team would love to have you could put him at the two mm-hmm. he is a, 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 maybe a top three guard defender in the league how many guard defenders over the last 10 years have there been better than Drew Holiday and he's awesome on offense and he can run he can run their off like run their offense he can pass he can go to the rim he can he can shoot he's a good free throw shooter he has length and he's an awesome person like I just am so upset about this both trades get an A Steve <laughs> Kral is dancing on my grave right now, and I'm going to stop giving a shout-out he's getting too much press. I just, it's killing me. This trade is a slam dunk for Milwaukee, and it bums me out. I feel that. I'm especially upset as a Celtics fan, because you know we, we've had issues with Milwaukee the past three, four years. Uh, we, we've struggled with them, whether it's in the regular season or whether it's in the postseason. Uh, now, last year, they didn't make the Eastern Conference Finals. They beat us once, and the year before that, we beat them. Tatum beat them as a rookie. Just FYI, but no, you're yeah. right there. <laughs> they've, been a, they've been a tough matchup. And we've, yeah. Um, Chris Middleton hits every shot against you guys in the playoffs. That's, that's really, I have PTSD from Chris Middleton hitting. Don't say that name. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but now they also have. Drew Holiday, who I can see giving Kimba fits on defense, yeah, and that's terrifying to me because we really we need Kimba to be in his bag. The matchups suck for us, yeah, pretty hard. But it's not just that; it's like Milwaukee's first round picks or whatever picks they threw in are fucking garbage. They're are yep. going to be have the best record in the league. Yeah, like if- they are. And I, I am putting this in quotes, people. They are a regular season juggernaut. Yeah. A regular yeah. <laughs> juggernaut. I they mean, will the best record. They would have had the best record without these trades. So they will have the best record. Postseason, um, please refer to uh, our entire lives. Uh, but <laughs> uh, 
they gave they gave up peanuts. Yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah, I can't even talk about if, it. If Giannis re which it seems a whole lot more like he will now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, even the 2026 and 2027 pick swaps, or the 2027 first rounder is unprotected. Even those won't be good if Giannis stays. Um, if Giannis leaves, it's a whole other story. Then they're going to, I mean, then they're screwed for a long time, mm-hmm. realistically, because they don't have anyone on the roster and they don't have. And he picks the next few I mean, if he years. leaves, they now still have Drew Holiday, Middleton, and Dabdonovich. Like, yeah. Yeah. If he leaves, then they can be competitive for another year or two, but then those guys kind of age out, move on, whatever. Blights, or, I mean, Lopez is getting old already. Um, then I, I think it gets starts to look downhill, and then they take a steep drop-off. But if he stays, then it works. It's, it's really just a matter of what Giannis does. For anyone who says I just blindly hate on Milwaukee, you're actually half right, but it's not totally true. Giannis isn't leaving. He's not Kevin Durant. I mean, Giannis is a man of honor. He, I, I literally think he might... Oh God, it kills me to say this. I think he literally might like dive in front of a car to save his teammates or friends he's just that type of man so he's not leaving if they don't do this trade so he's staying it's a fact wow what were um, you gonna say luke i looking at this from a fan of a team in the west i think especially for a grizzlies fan drew holiday always shut jaw down the three times they played so i'm excited to watch jaw destroy the pelicans this year yeah, we haven't talked about this from the Pelicans' perspective. What does this mean for, I think, everyone in New Orleans was hoping they'd make the playoffs next year. It seems unlikely at this point. I mean, if Zion like goes out and averages 26 a game and 11 boards and actually plays the whole year, maybe. But That's that's a big maybe. Yeah. That's a big maybe. Um, if he plays 10 games again, he will average those. <laughs> Luke, you're a hater. <laughs> let's just let's just go ahead and just be out in the open about that. You're a hater. Yes. All right. All right. Cool. I, as long as you're aware of it, that's all I care about. Um, no, nah, it's I don't know. Eric Bledsoe on the Pels. Eh, eh. Like I, Michael put it perfectly. He can play great one night, and the very next night you forget that he's on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. George Hill. And not even you forget, because he's going like two for 13 and forcing, yeah, no, like, forcing drives and stuff. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Which is worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, George Hill is a nice pickup. And then, I don't know, if I'm the Pels, I, I think what I'm hoping is that Giannis leaves, so those picks are going to be at least somewhat valuable over the next several years yeah because because all the picks i mean this this year's pick is the number 24 pick but the other two first rounders are unprotected Mm -hmm. but this is a lot to give up on you know the the prospect of Giannis maybe leaving possibly yeah i yeah it's it's a gamble for sure yeah i think it pretty much puts them out of the playoffs which puts them in the lottery to be fair which is a place that they probably want to be they probably want to pick up another young guy who can contribute i don't know when you're you're when you're in the lottery for 10 years you kind of want to get out of it at some point yeah 
That's fair. That's definitely so, fair. I mean, unless it's from someone else's picks. Like, I don't know. The Nets. Can I go off on just a quick tangent that has nothing to do with any of this? It'll be 30 seconds. Yes, yes. please. Do it. Luke, I... And shout out to Donald... I can't pronounce his last name. Wisniewski? I think in, so. In the overstated group. Um, your team is my favorite league pass team. John Moran, <laughs> Jaron Jackson Jr. pick and roll is so damn fun. John Morant is insane, and I'm still not sure who's going to be better, him or Jaron Jackson Jr. I could not be higher on that guy. He's I, I watched almost every game they played, and I only have time for one team. I watch both Celtics games twice, usually live, and then I can skip the commercials the next day because I always get league pass. But I get league pass for one team each year. Used to be AD early on in New Orleans. Way before that, it was Steph, and now it's the Grizzlies, man. Like, are you just basking in what it's like to be a Grizzlies fan now compared to recently? Um, I think yes. It's a different... I'm appreciating the difference in cultures that they've had. So, like, when I was a kid growing up, I had the core four. And then in my early college years, I had the core four. And kind of seeing how that played into the coming of age of, like, small ball. But still kind of holding to the true side of basketball. But now seeing what they're building there is just making me really excited for the future yeah they've done a really good job branding too like i we're all in jackson so we can go to grizz games sometimes and they've got the whole next gen thing yeah um that's really really fun i love the jerseys they've been doing lately like i I think that the transition has been very very smooth like there were a couple of years where it was rough, but I mean, mm-hmm. we still had y'all still had Conley it like was, putting up twenty points. It was two years. Yeah, mm-hmm. still had Conley putting up twenty points a game or close to it. Still had Gasol up until mm-hmm. like the end of uh, the twenty nineteen season. So and then and now there's Jaron and Ja and I, I mean it, the handoff couldn't have been more smooth. I mm-hmm. don't Jaron and Ja and Dylan job. Brooks and, and Brandon Clark. Brandon, Brandon Clark. Clark. God. Clark is gonna be great, dude. That is, it is I'm such so a fun excited team. excited about that team. Yeah. It's such I, a fun team. I think my favorite thing to watch when I'm at a Grizzlies game, like live, is when Jaron trails on the play and just like catches it like three feet, three yeah. feet behind the three-point line, the horrible form everything, and just <laughs> buckets. <laughs> just buckets, man. It's I love it. Um, so yeah, we probably should get to the draft here as far yep. as time. Um we rolled a die earlier, um, and it landed on a two, which means I'm going to pick first. Seth is going to pick second. Luke is going to pick third, and we'll just rotate that way through the first 15 picks. And then our guy, Derek the Goat Michael, will arbitrarily grade all of our picks. Start us <sighs> off with the number one pick in the 2020 NBA draft. The Minnesota Timberwolves select. <sighs> this, this is very difficult for me. I'm gonna. I I think that the top two guys on my big board are just not like they're they're a redundant fit in Minnesota. So I'm not gonna go with those two guys. I'm gonna go with the upside of Anthony Edwards. He could just be the next Andrew Wiggins. I don't think it's unlikely, but I think that there's a chance. I mean, the guy's what 230 pounds and six five, 
but he can he's got a better vertical than LeBron James. It's like a 42-inch vert with mm-hmm. P.J. Tucker's frame, basically. Um, if he can get together the jump shot, if he can get a little tighter dribble um, and become a good defender, which that's a lot of ifs. He basically has to just get good at basketball. Mm-hmm. But he's very, very young, and you don't see a body like that very often at all, um, and especially with that athleticism. I that that's what I'm gonna do. I don't love it. If I were the Wolves, I would trade down. But we're not doing trades in this draft. All right, Derek. What grade do I get there? I guess I have one question. How how, how tall is this guy? Six five. I'm gonna give it a B plus. I mean, he has got over a steal a game. He's point six blocks. Is three-point percentage is low. His field goal percentage is low. That doesn't bother me as much for a raw, young player. Um, but I'll, I'll give that one a B plus. I mean, he's... Anyone who's got that type of athleticism and raw structure to work off of, yeah, yeah. If he's... He, I mean, if Andrew Wiggins can end up being what Andrew Wiggins was, I mean, he was still the right pick in that draft. In yeah. my opinion, mm-hmm. regard, you know what I mean. You yeah. make if he would have been drafted by the Heat, he could have become something similar to what Jimmy Butler is now. I, it was just not a great situation, um, not a good culture, and it yeah. is what it is. Yeah, but you, yeah, but you could see it with with Wiggins at Kansas. He was just so passive. He's kind of a I'm not going to use that word, but whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> he just, you know, he. No, it, it, I think that's a special case. I'll, I'll, I'll give this a B plus, but his shooting percentages—he's a seventy-seven-ish. It looks like percentage free throw shooter. That's a good sign. He can work yeah, on yeah. that. Yeah, free throw shooting historically is a better indicator of how good of a three-point yeah. shooter you'll be in the NBA. So, I mean, I have a soft spot in my heart for guards who can play really good defense and not shoot at all. So. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to tell you. About Marcus Smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on behalf of the Golden State Warriors, uh, I'm just gonna take James Wiseman because obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. He's seven foot one. Good rim protector. He's a tall body and a, a defensive minded five four five. Yeah, I think that he he's the only guy who would be starting on that team immediately. Yeah, and I'm not a hundred percent sure that he would be. Maybe Kevon Looney starts, maybe even Chris starts, but I think that he probably, at least certainly by the playoffs, he's the starting center yeah. and probably a, a pretty substantial upgrade from either of the other two guys. A uh, James Wiseman. Had his issues, as we all know. Mm-hmm. But as far as a raw prospect size, skill, stats, and his small sample size, um, to me, he's. It sounds obvious. James Wiseman, James Wiseman, yes, he's. But it, it's. It seems pretty obvious to me. I would take him number one. Uh, he's the one I've done the most research on, too, so probably a huge bias there, but also the Celtics need a center, even though we're not even close. But <laughs> yeah. he's obviously like the one who, like, who could just blow the fuck up. Or like, it's, you know, you're looking for, you know, the hidden pick like that. This one's obvious. Sometimes um, 
the obvious answer is great. And it's not just that. I feel like a lot of teams are going to feel that way, so he's going to have the most trade value, you mm. know? So um, That's true, too. You know, with them, it, it fits perfectly with them, or they can get the most value by taking him. So, great. Uh, actually, I, I change it to A+. Let's go. Wow. All right, Charlotte. What do you got for me? All right. So... Charlotte needs more than anything something to get people interested in basketball mm-hmm. in Charlotte. So with the third pick, I'm going Lamelo Ball, just to get butts in seats. Wow, it's a name. He's good, and I think you can build off that, build off the hype of getting a ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you do with Terry at that point? Because that's three ball handlers. Yes, you'd have to get rid of whoever you think is, like, the lowest, like, caliber. Yeah, you ship off Malik Monk and... Mm-hmm. Just I mean, he's on an expiring contract anyways. Derek, what do you think? Wow, this is... <laughs> this might be surprising. Um, I'm going to make up a new grade and call it A++. Uh, this is... There's a couple weird reasons for this. So, one is... I actually am a LaMelo believer because I watched the passes that guy makes and he seems like a, it blows my mind. I, I know it's like in Australia or in high school, but I don't give a shit. NBA players in high school or Australia are making some of those 360 passes and seeing that. He's insane. Brett said on the other pod he thinks he's a better passer than Lonzo and I agree. He's also someone that I've, watched a lot of film on for a long time for obvious reasons he's just been in the limelight and there's a there's a one i'm a believer in him he's fantastic size you know his brother was kind of an under it's huge underachiever i mean it's a you know he's not a bust he's not he's an nba player but it was not number two pick worthy so that you know that ironclad sort of you know we're invincible we're the ball family is not there I feel like LaMelo is his own person and now like you know LeVar can talk his shit I love LeVar Ball I think he's hilarious he's honestly one of my favorite personalities ever I know that's not going to be very popular but I love that guy he's the actual owner of this team's Michael Jordan LeVar's not going to like if, if he's in a if Lavar's in a room with either LeBron or Michael Jordan, especially Jordan, you know he's gonna fall in line. You know he's gonna look out for his son. He's you know he's not he can talk shit to whoever in front of a mic, but he's he doesn't have the balls to do that to the actual Michael Jordan. So he's going to be get butts in seats easily. He's going to be a huge attraction. He always will be. All the ball family will be. He's going to get butts in seats, and I think he could be really good. Um, sorry, that was long, but uh, that one caught me off guard. No, I think that's really, I think that was really good. <laughs> yeah. So, man, I'm in last. I got a B plus and I'm in last. Yeah. <laughs> Friggin' dang it. Suck it. <laughs> All right. This is, this is the fourth pick. I was really hoping I wouldn't get stuck with the fourth pick because I thought that Wiseman, Edwards, and Ball would go the top three. And I, this is the toughest, like, if the Bulls are in this situation, there's two guys. I'll go ahead and say the two guys because I think 
Um, the guy I'm not going to draft will get drafted before my next pick anyways. Um, Denny Advia, or uh, Avdia, however you say his name. Um, the kid from uh, Tel Aviv. From, yeah, from Israel. And then uh, Killian Haynes. I think that Denny is going to be an all-around just really, really solid player. I see him basically as a Ben Simmons but with a jump shot and like just worse at everything basically, which is fine. Um, if you're Ben, if you can shoot and you're Ben Simmons and you're a little worse than everything else, it's a really, really good basketball player. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great passer, six foot nine. He's going to be a really, really good secondary rim protector, I think, um, for a guy who can start at like the one or two guard possibly. Um, so I like him a lot, but I, I've watched a lot of Killian Hames film the last couple of days and I, I think I'm going to draft him. I'll pick him with the fourth pick. I think that he actually has the highest upside of anyone in this draft to to be like a absolute offensive engine, like a James Harden level, Dame Lowered level. This guy is controlling everything on the offensive end, and it's an efficient and good offense because he's in control. I don't think he's going to be there at the beginning of his um, career. Like I think that'll take a two, three years like it did for Harden, but he reminds me so, so much of James Harden. And I think if you've got that 15, 20% chance to get an absolute engine on offense in this draft, I think you take it because there's not that star power with most of, most of these guys. Um, hmm. I'm going to give this one. I love you, Chad. I love you, man. This uh, it's, it's you again. First uh, is um, I'm gonna give this a B. Okay. He looks solid, but I feel like it might be the tiniest bit of a reach. Um, but uh, I don't know. With that pick, I might be taking. Yeah, I don't know. I might be taking a little bit more of a risk, higher, higher upside guy. I think. That's fair. It, it is a risk. Um, I'll give you that much. And it's, if I could trade down and do that, I would as the Bulls. Yeah. <sighs> All right, so that leaves me with the Cavs at number five. And this is tough because the Cavs really should just get rid of everyone, just slash and burn, um, start all the way over, starting from the top, whoever the owner is, sell off. Uh, and Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, Gilbert, pack it in, bud. Um, but, uh, I I mean, since he's still on the board, I'm going Denny. <laughs> I'm just going to go Denny for, for the Cavs because they, they need a wing player. Like, they have Darius Garland and Colin Sexton to take over the guard spots. They just traded for Andre Drummond. Um so really what they're looking for if they want to keep going forward with those three players is is a wing all right um i have to think about this because i have watched some highlights of this guy um all right he is super super fluid he has like and and i just because i was curious because i've never i can't watch him any other ways no college you know, people from overseas really interest me because I'm always looking for the next like Porzingis or Luca or something, and just mm-hmm. the, the world getting so much better. It just interests the crap out of me. 
he seems like an extremely, extremely good ball handler with yeah. really, really good vision. Um, this is going to sound really obvious, but I want to know if he's going to be able to handle the physicality. I also want to know if he's going to be able to shoot off the dribble. Uh, uh, I, I feel like he's, he's a good shooter. He's probably going to be shooting great uh, spot up. But as a lead ball handler in the NBA in this day and age, you need to be able to create your own three. I'm talking about a three-point shot, not any shot off the dribble, a three-point shot off the dribble if you want to be, you know, the number four pick. So I'm going to – man, I love you, man. You're, you're, my, you're my favorite guy. I'm going to give it a B minus because there's a little bit of risk involved in it, but there's also – some crazy upside. You know, I'm just making sure we're not um, going crazy off the Luca hype, which I don't think, you know, that that's what you're doing. He has some ups too in length, but um, it's, it concerns me probably is just a, you know, a, a biased American who's not looking, you know, hasn't really seen the guy. It's not an absolute sure thing. Yeah. And he has like, whatever shot off the dribble, but it's just, doesn't seem to be a huge part of his game. If he can get that with his handle, uh, and he's—I I think he's great at going. Honestly, his English is like—he's like really slippery, uh, and he can like get those nice rolls. Um, then, you know, if he can get that three-point shot off the dribble, he could be amazing. And I think his upside's great, but it's also his downside could be great. Yeah, yeah, sweet. So, so now we got number six, the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. So I was planning on you to take what ESPN has, but I will go, uh, and I like this guy when I was looking earlier today. Um, his name is in all caps, as you can see. <laughs> when I wrote it down. Um, so the Hawks will select Onyeka, or Onyeka, Okan Gwu. I... Totally butchered that pronunciation. Way to go, David Stern. Way to um, go. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a pick that's probably not not the best choice considering position because he's a big and they have Capella and I'm pretty sure they drafted someone like him last year. Um, but and it, they have Collins. Yeah, it gives them a very dynamic rim runner though that can help with interior defense, and I think that's a problem that they have. Yeah. So, I mean, I like Onyeka a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What do you have to say, Derek? Quick question. Have you guys listened to the overstated pod where Brett did his big board? Yeah. Is this the guy that he took number one? Um, I think that was um, Okoro. Oh, it is? All right. Yeah. Well, it's two things. If this is the guy Brett took number one, I give it an A-plus pick because he might be the smartest basketball mind I've ever heard or talked to. Other one. Just looking at this, I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it an A-minus. I mean, the guy is 6'9", or 6'8", 6'9", like 225 or more... He's got good mobility. Um, doesn't have a bad jump shot. He's a good rebounder. 
I, I, I just, I, 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 I watched some video of him. I just can't remember if that was Brett's or not. If it's Brett's, it's an A plus. If it wasn't his number one pick, I give it uh, a B plus. Okay. Can I give it an? Sorry, I actually really like this. I think he has good upside. Okay, sweet. Yeah. So, moving on to the Pistons. <sighs> I. They they have Christian Wood. <laughs> You just took I would I would have taken Okongwu actually if you wanted to have taken him just now, um, but the Pistons have Christian Wood. They have um, Blake Griffin. They have Kennard. They are probably going to be trading Rose here, mm-hmm. um, so point guard will be a need, and I think center will be a need. <sighs> I I want to take Okoro here, Isaac Okoro from Auburn. I, I'm not a huge Devin Vassell fan. Yeah, I think Okoro. Is probably the best guy left on the board, him and Toppin maybe. Um, but just based on need and based on the fact that I think Halliburton is a really – like he, he's just a safe pick. I think that he will be a just a starting caliber point guard. Jeff Teague, like just average point guard. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's what he's destined to be in the NBA, which is fine, and that fills a need that they're going to have. I'll just go safe here and pick Halliburton. All right, Halliburton, great size for a point guard. Uh, decent shooter. I guess uh, for the Pistons, you know, he could be good. His, his field goal percentage is all right. Um, he's seems like a pretty phenomenal defender for a guard. It's probably because of his length and who he's playing against. You know what? No, this is for for Molly Hunter. I, I'm going to give this a B plus. <laughs> his 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 field goal percentage is low for me, which worries me a little bit as a point guard. But then again, he's he's got the ball in his hands a lot. His assist numbers aren't terrible. Mm, they're not great though. Um, but with that type of length, if he can, um, if he can really work on getting his field goal percentage up he could be he could be good he could be good cool so he seems a little inconsistent i don't know but other than that he's a six five point guard that's intriguing to me all right i'm the new york knicks so in all fairness they're going to make the wrong pick yes um and also the highest grade possible i think for them is like a c plus that's oh. that's pushing it, my guys. <laughs> um, but with the New York Knicks, I'm gonna take Obi Toppin. Ugh. I mean, did you expect me to just leave him there? No, I I just wanted him for the Suns. I know you wanted him for the Suns. I think it's hilarious that you picked a big and you're drafting for the Knicks, who have a team full of power forwards right now. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: they're a team full of power forwards right now. But, I mean, their power forwards are Taj Gibson and Julius Randle. So, maybe they could use a good power forward. Um, But, you know, you take this guy. This guy, unlike those other two, is a good outside shooter. And I think for DSJ, if if you can open up the floor space, open up some driving lanes for him, that's going to give him a hell of a lot to play with. Because he's not a bad shooter. He, he doesn't have great you know, shooting numbers right now. But he's not a bad shooter. 
So if you give him those driving lanes and that becomes a threat for him, now all of a sudden there's a lot more opening up up top and you still have, you know, uh, Frankie Smokes, uh, you know, a, a very good perimeter defender, especially at his age, a uh, decent ball handler. I don't know. I think this is probably the best one. I think you just need to get uh, the hell rid of Julius Randle and Tosh Gibson. I like it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give this a B plus and just be really real about that. Well, first of all, the Knicks in general. Yeah. Uh, just take the best freaking player that's available. So this is, this is number nine pick, right? Yeah. Number or number eight. Yeah. Number eight. Number eight. Okay. Either way, it's, it's, it's close enough. So this is, I think it's a good pick. He has a lot of potential upside. Huge. Uh, he's, is he going to be a power forward in the NBA? What is he like? Six, eight, six, nine. Yeah. I mean, like, you can get away with a six, nine, six, 11. He's six eleven. Oh no, he's six eight. He's got a six eleven wingspan. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, no, he is a power forward. Then I, yeah. I take. Um, what did I say? B or B plus? B plus. I'm gonna leave it at a B plus because he is a, I, I would say a very decent outside shooter. No, no, I didn't say he's good. Actually, uh, he's someone that I thought might even go a little bit higher. So if the Knicks get him at the eighth pick, then. I think that's fantastic. You don't think about your other roster construction as the New York Knicks. <laughs> yeah. Freaking draft. Yeah. You yeah. just a player available, and I think that's a good pick. I'm super interested to see uh, how he adapts to NBA three-point range. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah, I think, I mean, it, it's a huge difference. That, that little bit of space is a huge difference. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, when you shoot, like, 40% or higher by the time you're 18 or 19 in college, yeah. <laughs> all you're going to practice, and he's not short at all. I mean, let's say he's just 6'8". I mean, Tatum, I'm convinced Tatum's 6'10", you know, and, and he's a long wingspan. I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if, if he's 6'8", that's a power forward height in today's game. He's going to be playing against people maybe an inch taller than him. It's going to be comparable size. You know, if he just keeps on the same trajectory and he can hit outside shots, that's good. And he's also, you know, he's got doesn't have terrible numbers on defense, and he's a, he's a decent free throw shooter. You know, he's he's above average. He's like seventy ish percent, I think. But you know, he he can he can put the ball in the hoop. Mm-hmm. I think New York Knicks could use that. Yeah, yeah. So Luke, you are picking for. The Wizards at number nine now. I am picking for the Wizards at number nine. You literally cannot make a mistake. I can't. They can improve everywhere, but I think they can improve better with their defense. So I'm go- going Isaac Okoro. Um, I think, I think he has a massive upside. He's a very like it looks with the draft boards I've seen. He's his upside's basically defensive and probably adding some scoring here and there. They don't need him to be a scorer this year. They have John Wall and Bradley Beal coming back. I think this puts them in a decent place for where they need to be for the future. (sighs) 
yeah, you you just you guys took the two guys I wanted for the Suns next pick. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to go off script. I don't know what I'm doing. Derek, give him a grade while I figure out what the heck I'm doing. Um, same thing as before because no matter I'm gonna go with what Brett Usher says regardless. If this was his first pick, I'm giving it an A plus. Otherwise, uh, I'm going to give this an. A minus. He reminds me of a very raw prospect, but just looking over his, his size, his, uh, his stats are his field goal percentage is good, his free throw percentage is kind of bad. It makes me worry about his his free throw percentage is actually pretty underwhelming to me. No, I'm actually going to give this a B. I'm going to give it a B. I'm going to leave it there. I, 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 I've watched some of him, and he's seems super duper athletic, and it worries me that that's a bit of his appeal. He has good size. He's kind of average, actually, or small for a small forward in this day and age. But um, if he doesn't have a really, really good shot, he's not going to be able to slot in a shooting guard. I don't think, you know, unless he's just a defensive stopper. So I'm going to give it a B. You know. But in A-plus, Brett took him number one. <laughs> I, I believe that is that he is number one on Brett's big board. Um, but I was just going to put in the car. I know his number one had like a last name that started with like O, or there was a name started with O. I was doing a bunch of things, but um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but otherwise, in my opinion, it just flat out did not piggyback off of what he said. It seems like a beating to me, but it could be better, but yeah. Um, I just worry about shooting, you know, like, like if there's some, yeah, I worry about it. Yeah. So the, I've got 10 guys who I actually like in this draft. Um, nine of them have been selected so far and the 10th is just a horrible fit for the Suns. So I'm really in a rough spot. Um, I think I'm just going to go with, uh, Sadiq Bey, uh, out of Villanova. I, I think that just because he can come in, he's a veteran. Um, he's been at Villanova for several years. I think he can come in and immediately contribute to um, to what they've got going on with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Um, be a good, probably as the sixth man, I think Cam Johnson will start. Um, be a good like two-way guy off the bench. Um, be able to shut down some guys on the defensive end while um, being a pretty decent shooter from outside and uh, just doing doing what he needs to, being a good, solid role player right off the bat. I don't love him. Um, I don't think his ceiling is super high at all, but I think he'll come in and con- contribute pretty immediately. I hate you. <laughs> Seth hates me. All right. Um, I'm going to give this a B plus. I'm giving a lot of similar grades. I don't I mean... I probably should have given some C's and stuff like that, but a lot—it's hard. A lot of these teams in the top ten just suck so much. I'm like, well, this will probably make them better. It's a good pick. Um, yeah. But for this, he is a—I mean, six-eight guy who can shoot from the outside. If he can handle his own on defense, uh, he doesn't—he's not a terrible rebounder. Uh, if he can just handle his own on defense it seems he's got some okay 
steals numbers, uh, kind of kind of low block numbers for a guy who's six eight who was playing in college. Um, but if he can, his overall field goal percentage is good. If he can keep his three point percentage high, I don't see how if the Suns drafted him, he would be a bad fit if he keeps shooting well, especially now that um that Ubre's gone. I think that's good. Yeah. I'm very upset. I really wanted him for the San Antonio Spurs. Um, but I guess with the number 11 pick, I'm going to go Pat Williams. He's a decent defender, not a bad outside shooter, and he shoots 83.8% from the free throw line, yeah, which, which is a great indicator for the future and his ability to extend that range. And I think that He's young too, right? Yeah, he's 18, about to be 19. Um... But I think that works well next to Lonnie Walker. He can stretch the floor out. That helps with LaMarcus Aldridge inside. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think he's a decent you know, pickup for them. And he's, he's got a ton of upside. He's an, he's an okay defender. That's the only thing. He's, he's a stiff, like, kind of rigid, not, not a very fluid defender, um, at least man-to-man. Uh, but... He's a, he's he's okay. He's not bad. Yeah, I think I think the upside is the biggest thing with the Spurs because yeah. they're building for the distant future, basically at this point. So. And the thing is, like with with Pop, Pop obviously can do whatever he wants with him, but also I don't know how much longer Pop's staying with the Spurs. Mm-hmm. And this guy is a a perfect kind of modern day big. Yeah. Uh, or modern day wing, I guess. He's six eight. Uh, he's a perfect modern-day wing, 3-and-D player. Uh, so I, th- I think he fits right into the to the, the the current trend that the NBA is going towards and also the Spurs culture. Skill. Yeah, guys with skill, and he, he can play good defense. Cool. So. I like this guy's athleticism, and he doesn't have a great field goal, uh, three-point field goal percentage, as you mentioned. Anyone who shoots over like, know, like eighty-two percent from the free throw line, you know, it, it's a pretty smallish sample size. I don't know how many games he played in college, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think he was injured, so it's like over twenty. Um, you know, it, it, he, he's not in the twenties for three-point percentage, and if he's got that type of free throw percentage with a crazy athleticism at at this late in this kind of wonky draft, I. I'll give this a solid B. Yeah. Solid B. I feel like he's one of those guys that uh, he, he doesn't have superstar potential, but he's got, you know, I think great future role player written all over him. I mean, it, I, I think he's got kind of some good – anyone – I meant to say this earlier. Anyone with, like, really good switchability on defense, mm-hmm. automatically do on that side of the ball. Yeah. And he definitely has that. Uh, he has a good wingspan. Again, I don't have like this in front of me, but if he if he really plays hard, he's going to be a fit on any NBA team. If he goes to the Spurs, I mean, anyone the Spurs draft basically. If the Spurs actually draft this guy, I mean, I, I could be totally wrong about any of these picks. Obviously, I didn't even do any research. But if the Spurs draft him, I should probably give it a higher grade because just a, they don't make a ton of mistakes not, not many I can think of uh, but j- just the switchability on defense and the potential to be a good shooter 
and crazy athleticism, explosiveness. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. B, that's a good one. Nice. Cool. All right. Sacramento Kings. Have fun. I'm going to go off the wall. Oh, so... God. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, God. So the draft board uh, we have up right now has Aaron uh, Nesmith going. But screw three-point shooting. You have Buddy Heald coming off the bench. Start that man. Uh, free Buddy. The Sacramento Kings with the 12th pick will pick Precious Achua as a versatile baby Montrez Harrell. Okay. I don't hate that, actually. That's because you're a Clippers fan they... and you love Montrez Harrell. <laughs> okay. Shut up. Hear me out. They need interior defense. They are trash. Yes. At all defense. They need a big that can keep up with De'Aaron Fox. Yes. And run a pick and roll slash transition offense with them. And he's and they, a better outside shooter than Montrez is too, which is big. Yes. I mean, well, how good is he outside? Because they also just lost Bogdan, which is... He's, he's not known for outside shooting. So yeah. the thing I have now... He averages around 16 uh, with the minutes he plays now. Per 36, oh, it's points. 20. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But I thought you meant percentage from no. three, and I was like, that's <laughs> awful, actually. He shoots 60% rounded up from the free throw from, from the line, though. So there's potential. Eh. There's some potential. <laughs> it's This is a pick that I think the Kings would make because it's so... Kings like to make a pick like this. I'll, okay, I'll give you that. I also think. Are you just, saying it's a bad pick? Wait, but but Vladdy Divac is no longer in charge I, of drafting. I do think that this is a good pick though, because it gives you a big other than what's his name, uh, Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley, <laughs> who can like Precious will stay healthy, healthier than Marvin Bagley. All right, Derek, what do you think? There's a lot of conspiracy. I should probably throw some D's in here so people aren't just like, this is boring shit. But I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this a B. He's, he's, no, fuck that. I'm going to give this a B minus. Is he going to be a four or a five? It seems like he's going to be a four, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna give this a B minus. He's, <laughs> he's he's got like okay size. Nothing's jumping out at me. He's like a f- shitty free throw shooter. He's got okay field goal percentage. He, he played he, at the same school as Wiseman, right? He was like yeah. uh, like Memphis. Yeah. So his usage went up, and and obviously it's not bad to be like behind Wiseman, but. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. This seems under a little bit underwhelming. It seems just a little bit early. Maybe a couple spots too early. Um, the fit's all right. B minus. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, I got. Yeah. I got the Pels up next. Derek, should I pick off of my big board? Um, who's a? Is, it's going to be a bad fit, or should I go fit here? For the Pelicans? Yeah. I would 
say, well, what's the delta between, like, how bad is the fit and how much better is the other player? I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and tell you who they are because I don't have any more picks after this. Um, it's Nesmith versus uh, Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony is at the top of my board right now. Um, but I really like Naismith coming off the bench, um, learning from Reddick for a year or so about like off-ball movement and just getting in rhythm with the catch-and-shoot and all of that, um, and then being able to take over for Reddick's role after um, this season. But I will have Cole Anthony's star potential. Cole Anthony. Okay, I'll pick Cole Anthony then. Teacher's yeah, pet. I, uh, <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> Chap's just trying to do this first day. Yes, I am. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, he was, he's just, I watched him more, so it's probably my own bias, I think. The way I see the Pelicans, so, I think you were going to take the better, you were asking me about better fit and better player, I don't think better fits matters to me at all for the Pelicans. The Pelicans' production reminds me of... The very beginning, it's almost like if you're trying to make a soup and it's like right before you go food shopping. Like they have all these like high picks, got some stuff from the Lakers. They drafted Zion. It's like, uh, you know, they they don't have a bad team at all. I I think they could easily make the playoffs. But this hasn't been about continuity or fit. I feel like they have a lot of, um, a lot of kind of moves to make. I love Ingram. I don't know what to say about Lonzo. Maybe I like it. Probably not. Uh, and Zion's great. You're just trying to build around Zion and Ingram at this point. So get the best possible player you can. You're not going to win the championship next year. And a, a shooter would be great learning from Redick. Um, but man, just take Cole Anthony. I, I I think he could. I think Cole Anthony could be really good. He's someone I've actually watch just based on the school he went to and I, I like him a lot yeah yeah I I like him a lot too he was Did the I number one guy for so long until this past year when the North Carolina thing didn't work out I'll, I'll give that one in A minus finally in the A category let's go there you go buddy. yeah <laughs> sorry bro they should have given you A pluses sorry no <laughs> you're fine Derek I'll still defend you with my life in the group <laughs> Alright, so at number 14, I get to pick for my Boston Celtics. Um, A plus. <laughs> this isn't fair. I mean, there's, no, there's okay. Some I think, I, I think this better be a fucking center, bro. It is. Jalen Smith. A plus. <laughs> I, literally, the name I'm hoping. I was hoping you were going to say some people from the group have reached out to me and they're like, you need to take this guy. If if, we, if we can get him at 14, absolutely. If we can get him, we're fucking steamrolling the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's go. I mean, he's an actual an actual sized center, so that's <laughs> great. You know, big Not one of these three-fourth scale looking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tice is 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, that, that's in heels, man. Um, but this guy, he averaged 15.5 points, 10.5 rebounds, and I love that. God, that's a man after my own heart. Two, two and a half blocks. So I, he's, he's a good rim protector. He can stretch the floor at 36.8% from the three-point line. Like, 
real okay and, and I'm actually not kidding about A plus I know I can be hyperbolic A plus if the Celtics had the 10th pick or the 9th pick do you think they take him I think they should take him I don't know if Danny Ainge would necessarily, depending on who is on the board. Just because Ainge is Ainge is going to take whoever has the most value. Um, yeah. But I I would take him. I would absolutely take him uh, over pretty much any big other than like Wiseman. Uh, I totally agree. And if this happens, I'm. Um... Yes, I'm going to do a backflip. <laughs> um, he's like, of all the people I've watched film on, he's by far the most. Just some people, you know, I hadn't really heard of him for, you know, three, four months ago. Some people from the group who were somewhat invested and, you know, they, they were a little worried about me when the Celtics would be losing in games when I'd be having meltdowns. They're like, you know, you guys need a center. Look at this guy. And I didn't really know much about him, and I just went on – some YouTube deep deep dives and was like, yes, please. Um, A plus. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. All right, Luke. Lukey Poo, you've got the last pick in this mock. Um, we finished the lottery, but we want to give you equal opportunity here. Um, <laughs> so at 15 for the Orlando Magic. I'm going to take a dude that should have been taken in the lottery, uh, Devin Vassell. Yeah. Um, I forgot he was still on the board. I, I still like my pick for the Celtics, yeah. but yeah. A, a solid 3 and D guy for the Magic. Honestly, you need shooting to surround Markel Fultz. Kind of like the man that forgot his Russell shot. Westbrook. <laughs> I cannot wait for the Magic to get Russell Westbrook. I cannot <laughs> tell you how hype I would be. But just like, just getting the shooter, I think would help that team tremendously. Mm-hmm. And then you have a two, good defender. Yeah, two bigs that can that can help out with Gordon and uh, Vucevic. Mm-hmm. And then plug a third in wherever you want. But you know, I wasn't super high on DeSalle. I think he's a good value at fifteen. Sure. Well, I mean, I think he also helps with like their perimeter defense because right now their starting point guard and shooting guard combo is Markel Fultz and. Uh, DJ Augustine, or yeah, did you say DJ DJ Augustine? Yeah, he's coming off the bench. I forgot. He's coming off the bench, but yeah, Fournier. So here's something, and they're not defenders. He shoots. I think I'm DJ Augustine. (laughs) He shoots 56.5 percent from the field, but he shoots 41.5 percent from three. Yeah, I, I mean he's a good shooter. I will give him that. I just wasn't. I wasn't high on him, but Derek's the one doing the grading. Um, I, I'm, I'm like supposed to throw in some like F's and D's and C's in this, but I don't give a shit. I go by my own rules. I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this a B minus. I mean, he's, he's got good height. I mean, it, the, the reason that's tough for me is like, I don't see really any of these players making any of the teams we've talked about worse. I mean, I mean even the Warriors, because Wiseman's so good, like no one's gonna make it them worse. But any wing who can shoot over forty percent from three can defend uh, and be switchable uh, in today's game with uh, super athleticism. Uh, 
is someone that I would want on my team at, 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 at this pick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's bad. It doesn't make me jump and do backflips, but um, no, I think it's solid. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited for this draft. I'm usually a lot more prepared for this kind of thing. Uh, I like to think of myself as a decent talent evaluator, uh, but I was out of the country during the college season, Yeah. and I have not caught up with any of the prospects, really. Mm-hmm. Well, Derek, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. This was a ton of fun. Yeah, dude. You're welcome. This is um, this is my podcast debut, so uh, wow, thanks, guys, I I really appreciate it. You're a natural. Oh, thanks, <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. Um, yeah, so I uh, I didn't give any F's, D's, or C's. I might be a baby just because I love you guys. And I don't want to like, be me, but uh, I'm. I, I gave my grades. I'm sticking to it, and every single pick we made is going to be the exact order that the top 15 go called it now i I feel pretty confident i I do too but hey listen we are in actually the closet in our old professor's room and he never gave me or seth anything lower than an a i don't think yeah so (laughs) we uh, we appreciate that consistency with jennings hall right here (laughs) nothing but a's and b's sabalini gets an f (laughs) sabalini gets an f yeah, that's I mean, slabable only, man. For a fake drinker. Yeah, I mean, he he's got some upsides. A very a very easy to make fun of name. Uh, what do you mean, Sleeve Sabalini? That's 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 a normal name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, but he's just got so much downside. I mean, he he fakes drinking alcohol. He fakes drinking alcohol, man. Uh, apple tea. He's a lightweight. He fake drinking apple juice. We got to give him some credit. <laughs> Alright, Steve Sabaloni, I hope you hear this. You're a coward. <laughs> Show up tomorrow night, Steve. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but love. I, uh, I was just kidding, man. Love you. Yeah. Sort of. You're pretty great. Alright. All right. Thanks, guys. Alright, no problem. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. Love you, Derek. Peace. Guys, this has been the Flagon 3 Podcast. We'll see you later. It's good to be back. Season two, guys. Let's get it.